When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey traders, Akil Stokes here and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast, the biggest, the bestest, and the fastest growing trading related podcast out there. If you guys are new, I'm a professional Forex trader. I am also a trading coach over at tier1trading.com and this is a podcast that I release each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for your listening pleasure. Speaking of pleasure, that's the topic of today's podcast, pleasure and pain, the principles of how they affect us and how we can understand them more and hopefully have more influence over the decisions we make. So I hope you guys enjoy. Of course, if you like what you hear, become a subscriber. Please share this on social media. And I appreciate any reviews and ratings that you leave me. Hey guys, Kill here. Before we get started in today's podcast, I just want to apologize for the audio quality. Um, for anyone that knows me, you know I have about four or five microphones laying around the office. And of course, in typical Akil fashion, I had the wrong microphone uh, plugged in. So instead of the crystal clear voice that you're hearing right now, it's probably going to sound like I'm inside a bathroom, uh, which wasn't my intent, but the quality of the topic is still great. So I hope you can forgive that and I hope you can forgive me. Hey gang, Akil here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. It is Friday, so I'm feeling good. And I'll tell you what, we just came off an amazing session this morning. I know I don't talk about my trading business too much, but each and every Friday, because the markets are, I don't want to say pointless to trade, but let's just say we'd rather get some education and then watch uh, Friday afternoon markets we hold an accountability session for our clients. This is an idea that Jason Greystone came up with, uh, my trading buddy. He's in a few accountability sessions uh, himself, and he thought it would be excellent to implement that idea into our trading community as well, giving people that extra motivation to achieve their goals. And essentially what happens is we have traders that come in, they share their story, they share their journey, they share their dreams and desires, and it ends up inspiring and motivating everyone. And today we had two great sessions. So that kind of got me fired up to do this podcast. And uh, today's episode actually addresses a question that I got on the Twitter this morning. And I got a question by a trader who follows me. He says, Akil, he says, why is it easy to hold a losing trade thinking it will go back into profit, then hold a winning trade because you're afraid it will go from winning to losing. And I know this is something that almost each and every one of you has faced in your trading career, right? Taking profits early, letting stops ride, right? You know, uh, you enter a trade and you're feeling all excited and then uh, you come back to your desk and you see that the trade is slowly creeping its way and inching its way towards your, uh, towards your stop loss and you just, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to move it a little bit 
back. And then you, you know, you do it again. And I'm, I'm going to move it a little bit further back. And as price gets closer and closer, you keep moving your stop loss further and further back, justifying it by whatever reason you want to justify it. Ooh, there's a fib number. Ooh, that's a psychological number. Ooh, there's more structure down there. Oh, well, on the daily time frame. Oh, but on the monthly, right? Whatever you need to do, right? Whatever you need to convince yourself of, you do it and you adjust your stop loss. And this is all under the hopes that the market will eventually turn around and will give you profit. However, what typically happens is, well, you guys know what typically happens is the market stops you out anyway. And instead of just taking a, a normal stop loss, now you've multiplied your stop loss by five times and you're, you're broke or you're, you're closer to broke than you were before you made that mistake. And then we have the exact opposite when it comes to profitable trades, right? We take that trade market starts going in our direction. We're feeling all great. I'm the man, I'm the trading gal, right? I can't be stopped. I can't be touched. And then you notice that although the market has rallied in your direction, you're still a, a good bit away from your target profit. And then, of course, all of those, say you're in a buying position, all those green candles, all those positive candles start to maybe lose momentum, maybe a little bit of a retracement, a little bit of a relief comes into it. And you start doubting yourself. You start thinking, oh, my gosh, this is this is going to be the reversal. The market's already moved so much. And just like in the stop loss uh, example, you use whatever reasoning you want to use to brainwash yourself into thinking that there's no way the market can actually make it to your profit target. The profit target, which hopefully came because of technical analysis and your ability to read a price chart, which you should trust. But there's no way the market could actually get there. And although I'm up 50 pips right now, I don't want to lose it. Right. Big mistake. First of all, we, we don't have any profit until the trade is off the board. So if you are up 50 pips, it doesn't mean that you have 50 pips. It just means that you have 50 potential pips in profit, right? But you don't have it until you actually take the trade off. So you're not really losing money, but that's the way we view it. And you get scared and you say, you know, well, 50 pips is better than break even. 50 pips is better than 20 pips. And you end up taking targets off early and feeling good about yourself because you made a little bit of money. However, in the long run, right, you've completely sabotaged and destroyed your expectancy module. And uh, it's, it's only a matter of time before you go broke and bleed out, right? That's how it typically always ends. You bleed out and you go broke. And by bleed out, I mean slowly drain your account until you hit something that's called margin call. And again, the question was, so why does this happen? And my response to the trader was, well, it happens the same reason anything else happens in life, right? The pain and pleasure principles, right? I said pain is the number one reason that we make any decision in life. So by holding on to a losing position, right, it seems as if we're avoiding pain. And by not taking the present loss, or we seem that we're avoiding pain by not taking the present loss. I said, in taking targets early, we're avoiding the potential, we're gaining immediate pleasure uh, by making profit, of course, but we're also avoiding the pain of the market going against us and losing profits, right? So it's all, it's all pleasure and pain. When you're, when you're moving your stop loss back, you are gaining pleasure that you have not lost money, dot, 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 yet. And we're avoiding the pain of losing money, although we will lose more money later and be in more pain. We'll talk about the time element in a, in a little bit. And then for taking profits early, same thing. We are giving ourselves pleasure by making money. We are avoiding pain by uh, not watching the market reverse against us. And it was a nice response on Twitter. 
Um, we had a little uh, little back and forth. Uh, Jason Greystone chimed in as well because uh, he was tagged on the post. By the way, if you're on Twitter, follow Jason Greystone, J underscore Greystone. Right? Great follow, especially if you're uh, interested in learning about wealth and money and the psychological side of it and being held accountable and, of course, trading as well. Shameless plug. Um, but I want to talk more about this pleasure and pain debate because uh, many of you may not know that. That as humans, right, all decisions that we make, and I mean all, every single one, this is how we're programmed, right? Every single decision that we make is done to either avoid pain or gain pleasure, right? Think about it. Think about something in your life. Think about the last action that you took. Were you gaining pleasure somehow? Were you avoiding pain somehow? One of the common examples that I give when I'm talking to people about this subject is think about sleeping. Think about the difference between sleeping in your bed um, on a weekday. So it's a Wednesday morning, right? Your alarm goes off at seven o'clock. You're supposed to wake up and, and, and get up and attack the day, right? Now, your job doesn't start till nine and you're about a half an hour commute away. So technically you don't have to leave the house until 8.30, but you decide to wake up at seven o'clock, get some yoga in, get a good breakfast, watch Sports Center if you're like me. If you're a trader, you have your time to analyze the charts and whatnot, but let's just take a, a normal stance on this. So many of you do this. Now, I'm the type that, I'm the type that unfortunately, I, I wake up five minutes before my alarm and then get mad that I missed out on five minutes of sleep. Um, but aside from that, if my alarm does go up, my wife makes fun of me, I'm the type that literally jumps out the bed, does a backflip, do a, does a few uh, shadow boxing in the mirror, and I just get started with the day. She has no idea how I have so much energy in the morning. It's like I, I jump out of bed and I just sniff a line or something like that. I'm fired up, right, right away. That's just me. I'm a morning guy. Many of you are not like that. I don't do drugs, by the way, guys, trust me, despite being a trader in this industry. Um, but many of you guys are not like that. Many of you guys are the type that hits the alarm three or four times, meaning hits that sleep button, right? It goes off at seven, you're like, ah, goes off at 7.30, ah, goes off at eight o'clock, ah, right? And you're making that decision, why? Because the pleasure of gaining the extra half an hour, the extra hour of sleep, that's weighing more on you than the pain of what? Not doing your yoga? Not eating breakfast, you can catch a, a, a bite on the way? Not watching Sports Center, you can catch it on your smartphone later, right? The pleasure is outweighing that pain, however, as you get closer to 8.30, right? Then you start to think about it and you're like, well, if I don't leave by 8.30, I'm gonna be late to my job. If I'm late one more time, my boss says they're gonna fire me and you decide to get up. Why? Well, because now the pain of potentially being fired, being late, that outweighs the pleasure of the few extra minutes of sleep, right? So again, you can take this example of anything in your life, but a good example of pleasure versus pain. Now, here's the thing, we're going to dig deeper into this with a, a few different uh, subjects, but did you know that 
in general, people will do much more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. So out of these two things that we're basing every decision on, pain is the main one because we will do more to avoid pain to gain pleasure, right? Now, ask, let's give an example. Ask yourself this question. Let's say you are in the wilderness. I don't know where I'm getting these from, but whatever. You're in the wilderness and there's a, a big briefcase of treasure, of money, sitting about 50 yards away from you, right? Obviously, that's pleasurable to gain a briefcase full of riches that will have you set for the rest of your life. However, 50 meters away on the other side of that briefcase is a big mean bear. What do you think you're more likely to do? Are you more likely to run towards the briefcase, hence towards the bear, and put yourself in immediate danger for the pleasure of grabbing that suitcase full of riches? Or are you likely to haul your behind the opposite way, avoid the bear, and survive? Now, you can say what you want, right? I know you guys are thinking tough things. Well, Kill, you know, I've been in the weight room lately. I ain't scared of no bear. The majority of you, and I bet all of you, if this was a real-life situation, there's no weapons or anything like that, you would haul behind. You would run, right? The, the, the pain of potentially being mauled and killed by that bear outweighs the pleasure of you obtaining those riches that will have you set for the rest of your life. Because what's the point of being set for the rest of your life if you have no life after the bear mauls you, right? Again, very general uh, example, but I hope that gets the point across, right? Self-preservation, right? Time and time again, it's been proven. People will do a lot more to avoid short-term pain than they will to gain short-term pleasure. Now, here's the thing about pain and pleasure, right? It's not necessarily real, right? This pain or, or how, we, how we look at pain and pleasure, all it is is really, it's a perception of pain and pleasure. It's not actual pain or pleasure, it's a perception, right? They're both not real. But it's that perception that drives us, right? If you think about it, we never know. You use the bear example, you use the trading example. We never know what the future will hold. Trading is an excellent example, right? The way I teach traders is that we have a, a consistent system, a consistent strategy that we trade. And the reason we trade this strategy or system is because it has something that's called a positive expectancy. Think about it like odds at a casino, right? If we consistently execute this strategy day in and day out, the odds are in our favor long-term that we will be profitable. Therefore, our goal as traders, our job as traders, is to consistently execute the strategy and not worry about the individual trade. Because within that long-term expectancy, right, there are gonna be winning streaks, there are gonna be losing streaks. And on a trade-to-trade -trade basis, we never know what the next trade is going to be. I know that I'm going to be successful by the end of the year. Let's, let's maybe, look, I have a very strong assumption that I will be profitable by the end of the year. I have a very strong assumption of what my return on investment will be as well. Based on my historical performance, based on the fact that I'm a very consistent trader and I don't really make mistakes. 
with that being said, I don't know when those wins and losses are coming. Last year, I got beat in the face for the first six weeks of the year. And then had a strong 10 months after that. Years in the past, I got off to a really hot start and faded in the fall and the winter. This year, I'm off to a phenomenal start. Last week, I just hit a drawdown. So if you think about it like that, right, why do we ever fear taking the next trade, right? Because you guys have been there. You guys have been there where you've based your you've based your current present trading decision off what happened in the past. Well, the last trade I took lost, so I'm not going to take this one. Or the last trade I took won, so I'm going to I'm going to double down and 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 trade a, a, a extra position size on this one. In reality, that previous trade has nothing to do with the current trade, has nothing to do with the trade after that. That's one of the reasons I say you're only as good as your last trade. Right? After that last trade is done, boom, it's over. That was it. Now it's the next trade. And then you're only as good as that trade. Right? So you're only as good as the last trade that you take. But this is all it's all perception. Right? Again, our brain doesn't know what the future will hold. And what our brain is doing, I don't know what it's called, the, the front part is the one that does this. What's it, the, the frontal cortex, something like that? You guys know better than me. Frontal lobe, I don't know. Whatever that front part of your brain that is constantly making these assumptions and judgments, right? Right, that's the point, that's the part that controls these perceptions. Now, unfortunately, these perceptions are very, very, very flawed when it comes to making judgments. Well, I should say this, they're very flawed when it comes to making judgments that are more complex than, uh, say, the bear example. It's very easy in, in judgments like that. Avoid the bear, right? Should I run towards the bear or should I run away from the bear, right? That's a very easy judgment to make. When it gets to anything more complex, like the trading example I gave you, the brain really struggles with that. And what we end up doing is we end up making an emotional decision. Now that's one of the flaws of being human. I, I think it is a benefit in a way as well. Um, I think love is a great emotion. The, the fact that we care and, and having uh, empathy and stuff like that is, is great, but it's also one of our flaws because emotions will always trump logic, right? So we will always make an emotional decision versus a logic one, a logical one, and typically. These emotional decisions are triggered uh, when we have these pain and pleasure kind of uh, situations. Now, another thing that matters as well is, uh, is time, right? I think I spoke about this a little bit earlier, but time matters as well. We, we, we tend to focus more on the immediate than the future, right? Pain and pleasure that is immediate is much more powerful than pain and pleasure that is in the future. I remember in school, right? I, I'm always, I used to think procrastination was a bad thing. I was always a big procrastinator. I remember in school, in college, I would have a, a report. Teacher would give us a 20, 20 page report. It'd be due in a week. And I always tell myself, a day when I'm gonna start, do a little bit on day one, a little bit on day two, and do a page a day, two pages a day, and I'll, I'll get it done. And I would, I would always look at it and I'd be like, ah, you know, I got some time. I'll do it tomorrow. Ah, maybe not today. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Ah, you know what? Ah, ah, do it tomorrow. 
right? And I would keep pushing it back, pushing it back because the pain of not doing it didn't really surface with me because the, the, the task, the completion date was so far away. However, we would get like one day away from the assignment date and that's when the pain would really hit. Like, oh crap, Akil, this thing's due tomorrow. It's 50% of your grade. You better do it. And only then would I take action because now that pain was immediate. And this judgment, right, this misjudgment, I should say, is something that really hurts us when we, when we talk about investing, right? A, a few episodes ago, I did, uh, I showed you guys an example. I think it was titled The 3,000% Return. And it was based off a conversation we had with a trader where we talked about, hey, you know, in this industry, it's con you're considered a good trader if you can average 2% a month. You're considered a great trader if you can average 5% a month, right, before money management and all that stuff. And a lot of traders are like, well, no, that, that's not true because I need instant gratification. If I don't make, if I don't turn my, my $1,000 account into a, a million dollars in two years, I've failed. And the reality of the 2%, 3% return, right, it looks really small on the surface. There's no real immediate pleasure from that. I mean, think about it. Think, think about the account you're trading right now, right? Add 2% to that for the month. Think about the return and ask yourself, did that really change your life at all? Well, not really. It really didn't make any difference in your life. You, you're, you can do nothing different in your life now with that 2% return than you could have before you had it. But if we think long-term, I think the example I gave was six years. I believe it was six years to turn a $10,000 or to create that... Uh, I think you can create, a, if you're just doing a 2% no money management, I think it was a 900% return in, in, uh, in six years, right? Think down the road, six years now, is a 900% return on your investment? Is that enough to change your life? If you implement a, a, a strong money management and position sizing strategy, we change that to a 3,000% return in six years. Is that enough to change your life? I think all of you would have your, uh, would have your hands raised and say, yeah. But we find no pleasure in that, right? Because who wants to think about six years down the road? Our society is what? We're, we're, we're programmed now, and, and even the younger ones, it's even worse. I'm sounding old, the younger ones. Man, I'm still young-ish. The younger ones, they're programmed for instant gratification, right? What do, what do if you have a, a teenage daughter, or maybe if you're young yourself, maybe you know, between you know, under 35, right? You post a picture on Instagram. You post a, a, a thing on Facebook, you, you do something on Twitter, anything on social media. What's the first thing you do? Do you just leave your phone down and go on with your life? No. You check back a minute later, how many likes did I get? How many hearts did I get? How many shares did I get, right? We want it right away, right? And this, this post is fresh, fresh off the presses, thrown in there with the millions and millions of other posts. And if you don't see that like immediately, we feel bad. So in this world of instant gratification, meaning everything, it's really, really hard to focus six years down the line. But that's what it takes if you're going to be an investor. When you invest in yourself and become a trader, I tell every trader I work with, they ask, how long should it take me to go through the course? I said, it should, it should take no less than 90 days. And that's just going through the course. We're not even talking about training or trading. That's just going through the course material. 90 days? That's three months. Yeah. And then you do three months more of back testing three months more of demo trading. Before you know it, it's a year before you're actually trading live money, if that early. And so many traders like a year, I can't wait that long. I need it now. 
But what do we always talk about? Invest in yourself. Are you willing to invest a year of hard work in yourself now for many, 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 many years of pleasure later? You should be. You should be. But unfortunately, time, right? Time matters in these pain and pleasure principles. So it's very, very hard for us to think that far down the road. It takes a, a different type of individual. It takes a different type of individual. Now, the last one I wanna talk about is kind of the survival element, right? We talk about emotions kind of trumping logic and how we make poor decisions off of emotions. Um, some of this is caused by the survival element. You know, self-preservation is the number one thing that we're programmed to do as, as humans, right? Again, avoid the bear instead of chase the money. And when we make these type of decisions, these self-preservation decisions or what we think are self-preservation decisions, everything else shuts down. And you'll see that in the market. Many of you have had trades in the market. I've had trades in the market where I go into survival mode and before I know it, I, I black out and I don't know what I did on the charts. I was fully blinded, right? For you guys that saw the movie 300, great movie. I don't know how I wasn't casted in it as a, as a, a body double back in my heyday. But if you remember the guy, um, it's a big war if you guys haven't seen it. And the guy's, uh, the guy, one of the, the fighters, his kid got, uh, his son got killed. And he just went into this blood rage where he just went crazy. He blacked out and just ran into a, a bunch of thousands of other uh, people and just started to start going crazy, right? Sometimes we do the same thing in the market when our, when our emotions take over. That survival instinct kicks in and we don't know what we're doing. We just go bonkers. Everything else in our, our brain shuts down. And, and this is a real thing, right? I read this, uh, I'll give you a good example. I read this, uh, where it was some some post i always love reading posts about this type of stuff because I, I enjoy it but it talked about kind of like uh it related to doing a diet and it talked about sugar right so it talked about um it said the, the, the desire to consume sugar like any other type of like a addictive sweet food is a great example of how we're hardwired right for survival so let's say you love cookies, right, or cake, and, and someone puts a, a whole plate of them in front of you, right? You are instinctively driven to eat that cake or that cookie, right? You guys have all fallen for the temptation, right? That cookie there, and you're like, ah, you know, just a piece, right? Now, if we're on a diet or say something like that, many of us will kind of use logic um, and future pain, right, to kind of stop ourselves, right? We're, we'll say, you know what? I'm on a diet. Am I supposed to have this? push it away, we'll, we'll do something else, find something else that gives me immediate pleasure instead of the cookie, we'll, we'll replace it. But as you know, if you're here in the US, right, we're a pretty obese country. So you can imagine how many people don't make that decision and fall victim to the cookie. And here's the thing, we, we justify it because in our brain for survival, we are hardwired to take in sugar, right? Our body needs sugar to survive. Right now, we don't necessarily need that type of sugar, but our body needs sugar to survive. We need calories, right? In general, the more calories we take in, the better, because that's that's the fuel that allows our body to operate. So 
our brain doesn't see the cookie as this delicious treat that's going to upset our diet. Rather, we convince ourselves, or I guess our brain convinces us, that this cookie, to eat this cookie, means survival. And if I don't eat it, it means immediate death. And I know that seems out of the box. Maybe that's a, a very, a very, uh, <laughs> maybe that's a reach example. But I hope you guys gain the principle of that. Again, we will we will rationalize anything to make it fit our agenda. And we see that in trading all the time. I, here's a trick I do with my traders. I tell them, give me a chart. I said, you give me any chart, I guaranteed I could convince you why you should buy and why you should sell. And we see many traders do this when they look at a chart and it's called confirmation bias, right? They see what they want to see because they convince themselves of something. They, they, they listen to the news earlier and, and all the news is saying, uh, you know, we had one today that just came out, FOMC member, somebody just said, oh, I see future rate highs, hikes uh, continue, continuing for the US dollar. And we've seen the dollar go crazy. You're hearing all this stuff, and I gotta get bullish dollar, I gotta get bullish dollar, I gotta get bullish dollar. So when you go on the chart, right, you're in that blood rage, like right? survival type of, 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 of mindset, where now you're only looking for bull dollar positions because you've convinced yourself that this is what I need to do. You, you've blocked out every other thing that's on the chart, all, all the other technicals, if you're a fundamental trader, all the other fundamentals, everything in your trading plan, you blocked all of that out. And you're only focused on that blood rage of buying dollar because that's what you want to do. And your brain has switched into that survival tactic of telling you to do it, do it, do it by any means, it's okay. And then you get out of the position, you lose perhaps, you come back to, to reevaluate your plan, you're like, man, why the heck did I do that? And you don't, you don't know, you don't know. So that's a little bit on pain and pleasure. I don't know how we got this far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I, have, I have no intentions, uh, no intentions of, of going here. For you guys that know me, I don't, I do these podcasts off the top of my head, so I have an idea, uh, usually something that you guys bring to me, and then I kind of just turn the microphone on and I, I talk. Um, but sometimes it ends very badly. Um, I think times like this, we end up going to some very interesting places that I didn't think we would go to. So uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. So if you guys couldn't tell, this is one of my absolute favorite topics to discuss. And any trader that's worked with me in the past knows that I put a heavy emphasis on trading psychology. Once again, I think once we know what kind of makes us go, we can then start working on it and then we can then start working on our future. So I hope you guys feel the same way. Of course, if you did, do me a favor, share this episode on social media, subscribe if you're brand new, that way you don't miss the next episode. And please leave me a rating and a review, especially on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you.